Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 314 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is an engineering manager and developer advocate for Influx Data, the creator of InfluxDB, which is an open source time series database. He is also a podcaster and he describes himself as a through and through geek. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Alan Pope. Hi, Phil. Nice to see you. Yes. Um, Alan, I would really want to ask you a bit about your role as developer advocate. So I've had a few people on the podcast with that particular title, if you like, but it'd be good to understand from your perspective what that means and what you do for Influx Data. Sure. So I, I transitioned from a role of being a community manager to a developer advocate. And those two roles are, those two roles are very similar in that they're, they're both engaging with a community of developers or a community of users and being a kind of bridge between the users and developers and the internal organization and making sure that um, the voices from outside the organization are heard inside the organization and vice versa, ensuring that, you know, product announcements go out well. So there's a bit of marketing in there, there's a bit of product support, a bit of uh, development in there as well. There's quite a diverse range of things to do under that umbrella. Yeah, so you yeah you touched on marketing in particular there. So I presume the role is very much about getting that sort of visibility of your company out there, and and people know about what it does and 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 how you operate. Is that the sort of focus of the role? Uh, to some degree, uh, there's certainly an element of going to events, or there certainly was an element of going to events <laughs> yes. and, uh, you know, presenting the product and answering questions and getting feedback and passing that back to the organization and, uh, you know, giving talks is, is a core part of developer advocacy, but it's, it's actually a, a two way thing. It's very much, you know, listening to the requirements of users and developers and, turning that that could be turning that into issues or pull requests or it could be making sure that that's on the roadmap for future versions of the product it's there's a there's a whole lot of uh skills required really yeah so it's, it's almost like an engagement role isn't it Therefore, very much yeah yeah right okay cool good okay um alan can you share with us maybe a career tip one that the audience may not be aware of yeah, I think the thing I've learned over the years is moving on is okay. Um, unless you've got some like golden handcuffs or some time-restricted contract, I think people need to not be afraid to leave a role. Um, it's, very, it's very common to spend a lot of time and energy getting a role and trying to get into a company, and you probably want to stay there a while. But I think it's important to know when to say that's it and say that that part of my life is over and I need to move on to something else. And I think it's crucial that people are able to find that place to be able to say, I've had enough of this, time to move on. Yes, I think that decision, though, is can be quite difficult, can't it, in, in terms of if you get settled within within a 
an organization and you're familiar with what you're doing, there's always that consideration, isn't there, that if you do leave, you've got to start the whole process of learning it all over again. Um, you'll be the new the new person in the organization. It's, it's a huge learning curve at times. So it's that balance, isn't it? Do you want to sort of move away from what you know and try something new? And sometimes, as you, as you say, it's, it's, it's a point where you need to make that decision and you need a new challenge and it's time to move on. But there are lots of things to consider before you do that. Yeah. And I think if you, if you've realized you've um, maybe got everything out of a role that you possibly can, and maybe, you know, you've been invited to talk to different organizations or you've seen a role pop up online that, you know, looks interesting, but you've thought, no, I'm comfortable where I am. And I think that can be a, a danger zone if you feel you're comfortable, because often when you're comfortable, you're not challenging yourself and you're not yeah. looking for new and interesting ways to stretch yourself. Indeed. So we can always cut the next question out, but I'd like to ask you, given that you've recently changed your own role, is that the position you reached in your in your own career? Yeah, to some degree. Um, I I was in a role for... Um, a fair while, nine years, and I, I kind of, it took a while to get there to realize that actually it's time to move on. It's time to find something new and different, and an opportunity presented itself, and I couldn't really say no. And it doesn't hurt to go for an interview. There's nothing, um, you know, there's no obligation when you when you have a conversation with a prospective new employer. Um, and I did, and I liked the sound of the role. Uh, so it, it kind of, um, it was the trigger really. Yes, fair enough. Good. Okay. And Alan, can you tell us about your worst career moment and what you learned from that experience? So early in my career, I I interviewed at a new company and uh, they asked if I could start sooner than my notice period allowed. And I was quite young and I was a little bit worried. Um, so for my current employer, I went to the HR department and I was seeking permission to get out of my contract early. And um, I got absolutely chewed out by the HR manager. They were super rude. And they said, you'll never work in this town again, kind of shtick, and strongly advised me not to leave. And I left, and I have continued to work in that town. And it was absolutely hollow advice to to suggest that that maybe I, I shouldn't leave. You know, I've, I've found somewhere new, and I, I would like to move on. And so... I vowed at that point never to take advice from an HR department <laughs> for an organization that I'm currently leaving because they don't have my best interests in mind. That's, I mean, that's an interesting point and one that, that often comes up about, you know, what, what does an organization have in mind when it's looking after its employees? It, it's, there's a certain level of it that, that they look after their employees for the employee's benefit. But, but at the end of the day, they're running a business. Absolutely. And if you've already made the decision to leave, yeah, then, you know, they, maybe they want business continuity or, you know, there's, there's some other reason that they want you to stay, but it's, it's not for your benefit. That's right. So yes, for me, it's about looking after yourself to a certain extent and looking after your own career. They will do it in terms of it as it, as it suits them and their business. But when it comes down to who looks after your own career, it's going to be down to the individual. Mm. Yeah, good. Okay. And away from worst moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight? So 
One of the highlights, uh, I, I've got a couple of short stories that I'll give you. Back in the 2000s, I was teaching a lot of courses for SAP, and each week there'd be anywhere from like five to 25 people in a room from different customers. And I'd teach a whole load of different technical aspects about SAP enterprise systems. I did it for a good few years, and I really enjoyed it. And I got good scores at the end of the week uh, from the evaluations from the students. And that exposure to so many people uh, meant that there were people in the industry who knew me. And so when I later applied for roles, the hiring manager or the people on the team already knew me from the training courses I'd given them. They, it was kind of assumed that I could do the job because I taught all their internal people already. And and this happened multiple times. And I, I learned that you know, getting yourself out there and getting yourself known in the industry that is your target, where you, where you want to go, your your ultimate destination, getting yourself known there is a very valuable thing to do. And I, I did the same thing again later when I wanted to move on from SAP. I contributed to a couple of open source projects and I wasn't a software developer, but I contributed in other useful and meaningful ways. And I did this for a few years, partly as a hobby and partly as an exit strategy from the the software that I was um, dealing with at the time. And after a few years, I was approached by the sponsor of the open source project that I was contributing to, and they asked if I wanted to join the organization. And they, they only offered me a role because I'd been known to them through their, through my work in their community on this open source project. So, so there's, there's two examples there, one from a, a proprietary kind of point of view, giving training and the other side from contributing to an open source project. Both of them led me to be, well-known within those circles, not a celebrity or anything, but just someone who's well-known and well-regarded. So would probably be an asset to the role. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, I mean, obviously with your work as a, an advocate now, you're sort of almost doing the same thing, but in a more defined way. Yeah, it's, um, and being paid to do it as well. It's not a hobby anymore. It's now, it's, it's turned from something I did in my spare time, uh, you know, while rocking a baby to sleep, you know, typing on the computer while rocking the kids to sleep, you know, in, in my spare time turned into a paid gig. And I think that was leveraging something that was my hobby in order to get me my next role was, um, was, was a key moment in my career. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, Alan, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and, and careers in IT in particular? I think it's the fact that there's so many opportunities because the IT world is just so enormous. It, it's like technical support, software consultancy, development at one end, and then there's developer advocacy and the community management that I do or project management or product management. There's just so much either IT or IT adjunct roles for everyone. So it's not, it's not just software development. It's not just a, a pigeonhole thing. And one thing that I've noticed on working on open source projects, especially in these new remote friendly times, is the possibility for anyone to join in. It, um, it reminds me, there's a 1990s cartoon in the New Yorker of two dogs at a computer. And the caption says, on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog. And it's, it's exact. That's exactly the case. When you're on the internet and you're using GitHub and Slack, it enables anyone from anywhere to get involved. So it doesn't matter if you're male, female, 
you know, straight, black, white, young, old, you know, you could be maybe on the autistic spectrum or just someone looking to learn new things. There's so many opportunities there. That's what excites me is I love the idea of new young people coming into this career and not having the the same problem that I did was having to go to work in a suit in an office, you know, having to commute there. You can work from anywhere. And as I say, nobody on the internet knows you're a dog. No, that's true. Exactly. It'd be interesting to see what happens, won't it, as we return to whatever normal will be. Um, you mentioned the fact that obviously we're going to going into maybe the city of London in particular, for example, that the, the suit and tie was was the expected attire. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be very different going forward, I'm sure. Yeah. When I first started working for an open source organization, it was very much, you know, the archetypal Google style, you know, everyone's wearing jeans and a T-shirt. Because, frankly, nobody cares what you're wearing and nobody cares what you look like. It's the output. It's the the product that you create and it's the work that you do that's the important thing. And that's why I highlight things like GitHub and Slack. It's your contributions online. It's the the evidence of the work that you've done that's more important than, you know, the clothes that you wear. Yes, indeed. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? Mm. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Oh, gosh. I was a nerd kid, and uh, for Christmas in 1981, my dad bought me a Sinclair ZX81, and I, I taught myself to code basic and machine code, and that was it. That was the trigger, and I went through a whole bunch of home computers so I have, you know, people like Clive Sinclair and Alan Sugar to thank for for the <laughs> for that for sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and what is the best career advice you've ever received? So I was on a technical mailing list a few years ago and it was one of these ones where people have arguments and uh we were discussing, I think probably Windows or some other um piece of software. And I mentioned that I had to use that software at my work. And there was a local business owner on the mailing list. And he said, you know, you do have a choice. You know, you, you chose to work there. You, you don't, you know, just because that's the, the software that your employer uh, offered doesn't mean that's what you have to use on a daily basis. And initially I was kind of annoyed. I was kind of irritated by this, but really, you know, he's, he's highlighted that, it's very trite, you know, be the change you want to be, or, you know, you're the master of your own destiny or whatever, but sometimes you need to change things and you're the one in control of that and you can make those changes. Um, And if you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? So I don't have many regrets, but one regret I do have is that I never went to university. I came straight out of school. Uh, I went to a technical college and then wanted to get straight into the workplace and I think that foundation, if I'd have done A-levels and then gone on to university, I think that would have ch- changed my career. It's not that I've had a bad career, but I think it would have changed my career slightly. Um, and I think if I could do it all over again, uh, you know, get a time machine and go back and tell myself, I'd, uh, you know, beat myself up a bit to go to university. Right. Okay. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Oh, gosh, learning new things. 
I, I, I've, as I've said before, it's very easy to become complacent and comfortable. And so when I changed my career, I changed from working on proprietary German software SAP to working on open source Linux based software. And now I've changed again to working on something else, monitoring software. And so, yes, it's all software, but it's all completely different stuff. And I, yeah, I'm doing my absolute best to can, to, to try and learn new things and try new things out, whether that's a new programming language or new frameworks or anything new to keep the the mind going. So I don't have to sit and play Sudoku to keep my mind going. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I think that would be empathy. I think it's, it's um, having a, empathy for other people's point of view and perspective is required because you know when someone files an issue on your project or you know uh, fires off an email to you and they seem frustrated uh, it can sometimes seem like they're you know they're coming at you with knives and pitchforks but often you know, they they have a a position where you know something you've made is not working and they're frustrated and i think if yep. you can have empathy with their position and their perspective it sets you in the right frame of mind to reply and deal with those kind of issues in a pragmatic and friendly way exactly yes i think empathy is a, is a is it definitely a skill um, and, and it's understanding, isn't it, that that there, as you say, there is a reason why somebody may be responding you, to you in a particular way. So, right. yeah, just bearing that in mind, even if you don't understand what it is, you just need to understand that there there is a background to why they may be responding to you in a particular way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? Uh I think this is a, a topic that's resonated throughout this conversation, which is as soon as you stop enjoying a role, move on and keep moving until you find something you enjoy. There's no point sticking in a role that you just don't enjoy or isn't bringing you joy without you know being a bit Marie Kondo. If, if it doesn't bring you joy, you shouldn't be doing it. We've all got a very limited amount of time on this planet. There's no, there's no point wasting it doing something you don't like. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Uh, so I enjoy cooking. Uh, I have a family and uh, none of the rest of the family enjoy cooking, but I do. And it gives me an opportunity to be away from a computer. I can have my smartphone on listening to podcasts or listening to radio programs, uh, a lot of comedy. Um cooking gets me away from a computer because I can't touch a computer while I'm, <laughs> while I've got my hands in a, you know, in a bowl or, you know, inside a chicken or whatever. So uh, yeah, I enjoy that. <laughs> yes. I presume the, the uh, cooking and the consuming afterwards is all part of it. Well, that's a side benefit from cooking good food. <laughs> yes. And your family enjoys that as well. I assume. <laughs> well, they're still here. So yes, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> good. Good. Okay. Um, Alan, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I'd say, take other people's advice with a pinch of salt. <laughs> it's um, it's very easy to look at somebody else's role, compare yourself to them, and 
maybe have conversations about how they've got to where they are. But everyone's got their own story. Everyone's got their own path through life. And you need, while it's it's very valuable to take a lot of advice on board from a lot of people who are in different positions, nobody's living your life. You're the person living, you're the, you're the center of your universe. And so I would take with a pinch of salt the advice you get from everyone, including me. Yeah, I feel like I was saying that's great advice, but then that's sort of maybe slightly ironic. <laughs> it's <quite> ironic, isn't it? <laughs> but Sorry. yes, but you are right. I, I would agree with you. Yeah, everybody has their own experiences to to bring to bear on whatever they do and, and whatever career path they take. So yes, yeah. you can listen to everybody's advice and hear from their own experiences, but it, it's your experiences will actually direct you as much as anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Alan, where can we find out more about you and connect with you? So I'm mostly Popey everywhere. Uh, most people don't call me Alan. They call me Popey. Yeah. Uh, and so popey.com i'm popey on twitter and uh, you'll find links to all my linkedin and everything at popey.com great Anon, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today it's been great chatting with you thanks so much phil it's good to speak to you hi phil here again well i hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest you can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.